0: This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax Gold with N.T. Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. N.T. Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And you may recall, if you're a regular listener to our podcast series, that uh, a couple of weeks ago we interviewed Dr. Eric Westman, uh, who is co-author of End Your Carb Confusion, a simple guide to customize your carb intake for optimal health. Today, we have his co-author and co-author of End Your Carb Confusion, Amy Berger. Uh, Amy has been a guest previously here on Intelligent Medicine. Congratulations on your new book, uh, Amy, uh, because she is also the author of The Alzheimer's Antidote, Using a Low-Carb, High-Fat Diet to Fight Alzheimer's Disease, Memory Loss, and Cognitive Decline. And uh, she's back with a great collaboration with Dr. Eric Westman and Your Carb Confusion. So we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, low-carb dieting and keto diets because uh, she is an expert on the subject. Uh, She's a certified nutrition specialist. Uh, In fact, uh, she serves with me on uh, a committee uh, for formulating exam questions for the certifying examination for nutrition specialists. And she is sharp as a tack. I can attest to that. Uh, She is an international speaker on low-carbon ketogenic nutrition. Uh, She blogs at ToitNutrition.com. We'll talk a little more about that because she has some very interesting projects underway there at ToitNutrition.com. And uh, she is a social media maven, so you can follow her on Facebook and Twitter if you're not already following her because she always has some great posts there. Uh, She is uh, a graduate of Carnegie Mellon University and has a master's degree in human nutrition from the University of Bridgeport. And she herself uh, is a practitioner of a low-carb uh, keto diet, and so we're going to talk to her about uh, her experiences on that. Uh, Amy, it's a pleasure having you on Intelligent Medicine. Thanks very much for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me again. That was quite an introduction. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Well, uh, you know, I can't see you, but I, I hope you're not blushing. Uh, but, uh, you know, the accolades are, are certainly due to you. Uh, you've you very much uh, advanced the cause of uh, keto nutrition and in a sensible way. Uh, you, we're going to talk about that. But, you know, first of all, can you share with us uh, your personal experience with low-carb dieting? Because it seems really to work for you.
1: Yeah, I I got into this way of eating the way a lot of other people do. Um, I used to be heavier, and I, I wasn't living with morbid obesity, but I was, you know, much heavier than I am now and I was heavier despite doing what I thought were all the right things you know I was dutifully putting skim milk on my whole grain cereal and putting light margarine on my whole wheat toast and uh no matter what I did no matter how hard I worked the weight wouldn't budge I even ran two marathons because I thought, well, there's no way I can do all that running and not lose weight. And, well, the joke was on me because I could do all that running and not lose weight. And um, my entry into this was actually the Atkins diet. And um, I, this was way back when they had yard sales. Um, my mother got a used copy of the book at a yard sale. I, I used to love never, yard sales. I, I
0: was hooked on yard sales. But that was that was such a, a 90s thing, right?
1: Yeah, I just you know you'd before go off eBay the and, and before would have something on their lawn. Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I don't. I don't think my mother ever read it, but I did, and it just made sense. Um, it made sense, and I figured I have nothing to lose. I might as well try it. And, um, and it worked, but I, I did not stick with it the first time around, which I think is also a, a not uncommon experience. It took me a while of doing it and not doing it and doing it and not doing it before it finally became just the permanent way I would eat. And, um, I had been in and out of a lot of jobs that I didn't like when, it, or really didn't find fulfilling when it occurred to me that, oh, nu- nutritionist is a career. I could do that and I can help other people learn about this way of eating, but you know, I have a family history of type two diabetes mm-hmm. and stroke and cancer, and so even though I came into this with a personal goal of of weight loss, in in all the years that I've been learning about this way of eating and studying it, I've really come to believe that weight loss is one of the least impressive things that this way of eating can do for a person.
0: Mm-hmm. In other words, you had a possibly a genetic uh, predisposition to. Carbohydrate sensitivity, insulin resistance that, you know, when you're young, it's kind of like all well, about appearance. But then, you know, you reach a certain threshold in middle age and you start uh, you know, becoming susceptible to afflictions, which can uh, shorten your life and put you at risk of disease, hypertension, diabetes, uh, bad cholesterol ratios and all that.
1: Yeah, I have no doubt that if I had continued to eat the way I was when I was younger even though I thought I was eating a healthy diet if I had continued on that path I probably right now would be living with you know diabetes possibly PCLS alcohol or fatty liver I, I probably would have had the gamut even even if I was still exercising regularly
0: you know I follow you on uh, social media and you're, you're actually you really sort of have a knack for uh, putting uh, entertaining uh, and interesting uh, uh, posts up on uh, Twitter especially. Uh, But uh, what I've noticed is that uh, lately you've been sort of inveighing against uh, the keto wars, you know, virtue signaling and posturing uh, and uh, almost a a cult-like adherence to uh, uh, one dietary paradigm or another. You know, people are sort of posting their pictures, uh, displaying their, their six packs and their awesome, uh, uh, you know, sculpted bodies on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, maybe, you know, that movement has gone a little bit South in some ways.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, um, oh, South, South is putting it nicely, not, not to offend anyone that lives in the South, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's it's pretty ugly sometimes what goes on in in any nutritional camp really when things get taken to an extreme and with with keto there's a lot of judging I think of people that eat in other ways or you know people that have some of the health problems that we know or at least highly suspect keto and low-carb are very very effective for and we sometimes wonder well you know gosh why wouldn't you eat this way and why why don't you just change your habit except you you can't you people have to do things in their own time and and not everybody wants to eat this way and it's really not the only way to be healthy as much as um you know as much as I think it's a wonderful way to eat and a delicious way to eat I would never say it's the only way um or that everyone has to do this and so it's it it really gives the whole movement kind of a bad name when people act extreme like that, and especially when it resorts to personal attacks. And you know, we we could stick solely to the science. The science is in is in our favor. We don't have to resort to personal attacks to prove our points.
0: Indeed, you know, because it, it's kind of like the diet wars, and there's a there's a cult like aspect to this. Uh, but I guess it requires a certain amount of uh, mojo and determination to 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 adhere to a certain diet. So I think people take it on almost like a religious mantle. You know, they're on a a jihad to uh, convert other people to their their way of thinking.
1: Yeah, I I also think with with low-carb and keto especially, because it's kind of counter to the mainstream advice, although the mainstream advice is changing. It's changing very slowly, but low-carb is becoming much more accepted, um, it's still, relatively speaking, it's still kind of on the fringe. And so I think a lot of people that are drawn to eating this way in the first place have a contrarian personality, or mm-hmm. they might not have started that way, but after eating this way and seeing how much better they feel and how much, you know, how much their health has improved by doing basically the opposite of what they've ever been told to do, they... I I can almost understand some of the righteous indignation and some of the anger and the not sarcasm, but you know, some of the just incredulity, I guess that, that gets turned against other ways of doing things. Um,
0: I guess it takes you know, a certain you, amount you, of uh, it, it, iconoclassism it, it, to uh, embrace a paradigm that uh, runs counter to the official advice. You know, the Dietary Guidelines of America and the American Heart Association exactly, recommendations exactly. are so thoroughly uh, invested in this low-fat paradigm, which is, you know, like you say, uh, low-fat dairy, uh, avoid butter, use uh, vegetable oils instead Uh, you know, make sure you have lots of whole grains uh, and, uh, you know, starchy fibers. Uh, That's the prevailing paradigm. So I guess, you know, the people who are, you know, the Galileos and the Copernicuses of uh, the modern era, uh, you know, push against that orthodoxy.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, okay. So you uh, have uh, at, uh, on your YouTube channel, uh, you have a video entitled "Keto Without the Crazy." That sounds interesting because you know what? What about keto can get you going crazy, and how do you avoid, you know, falling into that that uh, pitfall?
1: Yeah, this. Um, when when I was new to eating this way, we didn't even call it keto back then. It was just low carb. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really don't envy anyone that's new to this now because when I was new, I mean, I've, I've been at this so long, Facebook didn't even exist. Twitter and Reddit and YouTube, Instagram, none of that even existed when I was new to this. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the Atkins book, there was the book Protein Power, and there was one good internet form, like an old school message board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Eads, Protein Power. And, um, it was, it was very straightforward. It was just keep your, low and you know it, everyone had to customize a little bit for their own individual situation but there was nothing nothing about mct oil you you couldn't even measure there were no blood ketone meters or breath ketone meters the urine test strips did exist but very few people use them and it it was so much easier to get started because it was so much more straightforward and now it's so nice to see how popular this has become, but with, with the avalanche of information, that also means there's a lot of misinformation and conflicting and confusing information. And, and we just see a lot of people putting emphasis on, on the wrong things, you know, thinking that they, you know, the the way to do a ketogenic or low carb diet depends on what you're trying to accomplish the way that a child with really severe epilepsy needs to eat is very different from a postmenopausal woman who wants to lose 50 pounds mm-hmm. those are not the same type of low carb ketogenic diets so it's um it's I don't if I, if I was brand new I don't know how I would navigate the sea of information out mm-hmm. there except with with our book and your carb confusion we we tried to do exactly that just end the confusion
0: do, do you lament the commercialization you know the gimmicks and the products that have proliferated in the wake of uh, keto awareness uh, and what is, you know, in effect become a, a fad, you know, I mean, I've seen it happen way back when with the macrobiotic diet, you know, the macrobiotic diet, it was fairly straightforward. And then all of a sudden you could buy, you know, macrobiotic, uh, you know, candies, you know, macrobiotic uh, uh, treats uh, and so on and so forth. You know, it, it was branded and same thing as I think has happened with keto. You know, you can get all these keto products, keto desserts, keto pancakes, keto muffins. Uh, so what's your take on these things?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I see pros and cons to it. So the the cons are definitely that some of these products are not really going to help people get to their goals. And some of it can be counterproductive, like, like the keto brownies and the cookies. You know, if you're one of the big things that we see people, the roadblocks we see them running into, let, it, when fat loss is a primary goal, is that they just eat too much fat. You know, um, just because your carbs which you can, are you not mean do. you can
0: eat. We, we, which you can So in other words, oh, yeah, it's that, not that, like I mean, uh, it's, sky's the limit.
1: Right, right. And so when people are eating these keto You know, baked goods that are loaded with almond flour and cream cheese and butter and coconut oil, fat is not unlimited when you're struggling to lose body fat. So these things, and and sometimes um, a lot of the sugar alcohols can affect people more than they realize. Uh, Things like, you know, maltitol and mannitol and sorbitol, they don't affect blood sugar and insulin as much as regular sugar does, but in some people, they still have an effect. Mm-hmm. And that can really interfere with what you're trying to do by keeping carbs low. So there is, And, and I think what, one of the pitfalls with that is that people who are going to include a lot of those things in their diet will not do so well. And they'll say, oh, I tried keto and it didn't work for me. I tried low carb and it didn't. Well, what did you eat? But but the flip side of that the the pros the positive things about these things and it, it makes it a lot easier for some people to do this. So the positive things about these products becoming more commercialized and, and keto becoming more popular is that. 10 years ago you never would have found spiralized zucchini noodles or rice cauliflower at the regular supermarket mm-hmm. and now they're readily available you know you, you if if they would have been available at all they would have been very expensive and you would have had to go to the special health food store so now or, or buy a spiralizer nice you know that.
0: cuz that's a, like a, yet right. another thing to clutter your kitchen you know to make spiralized uh, uh, you know zucchini strips or something like that for your uh you know your keto pasta
1: <laughs> right right and now much more of this stuff is is readily available and um there's even more and more beef jerky being made with zero sugar so there there are some good things coming out of it but it's definitely it's disheartening to see because the, the nice thing about keto or low carb is that you don't have to buy any of those products. You can just eat regular food, meat mm-hmm. and vegetables, a little bit of nuts and seeds if you do well with them, high-fat dairy, and you're good to go.
0: Right. So uh, you actually, uh, at it Nutrition, and that's there's a website, com. is that correct? That's your website?
1: Yes, yes. There's been a weird glitch. People actually have to type in www dot before oh. the two. it. We're trying to fix it. It's a weird little glitch, but yeah.
0: Okay. So, but, you know, to be addressed and, you know, it'll be generally available. Um, the stall slayers masterclass the stall. I'm sorry. The stall slayer masterclass. What a great title. You know, Why do people stall? You know, people, and, and you mentioned one of the reasons is that it, it being on a keto diet is not, a uh, license to gorge on, uh, you know, bulletproof uh, coffee that's laden with calories, because that too can add to your susceptibility to weight gain. But uh, you know, without giving away the goods here, what are some of the some of the issues that you take up in the Stall Slayer Masterclass?
1: Right. So that's uh the master class is uh is an online course that we have going on. People can find that at adaptyourlifeacademy.com and they can just click on The Stall Slayer.
0: Okay. And
1: it's based on a book that I wrote called The Stall Slayer, which is specifically about breaking fat loss stalls on low carb or ketogenic diets. And um yeah, the the first point you said is one of the most common is that People think it's just unlimited fat or if not unlimited, again, we kind of talked about all the misinformation out there. People have been told that they have to eat a certain amount of fat. They have to hit a certain percentage or macro. And so they're deliberately adding fat to things when they're not even hungry. They're doing it because they think they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. That's a real common one. Um, the most, the most obvious one is just too many carbs. You know, um, so for some people, the body really likes to hang on to that fat unless the carbs are very, very low in order to keep the insulin low. Hmm. So um, something else I see, and you, you may see this even more than I do, but... And I, I'm not a doctor, but I can recognize it and refer to a physician when I need to. Mm-hmm. I see a ton of undiagnosed or improperly treated
0: hypothyroidism. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, is, is that often is yeah. an, an accoutrement of uh, insulin resistance. But in men, we often see low testosterone uh, as being part and parcel of this. And sometimes by administering testosterone, either temporarily or on an ongoing basis, we can jumpstart the metabolism that, that's slow.
1: Yeah, I think the the horm- the hormonal aspect is a huge piece of it, and for for some people, going on a low carb ketogenic diet corrects all that. Yes, it sometimes, does. Sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't.
0: Yeah, yeah no. Would we, 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 we sometimes see? I mean, if a man uh, who's overweight loses twenty five pounds, uh, I I can tell you a lot of instances where men uh, will come back in, and you know, I'll say, "How are you doing?" Uh, and they say, Oh, I feel great. I'm, you know, working out in the gym. I'm exercising like never before. And I've lost all this weight. And I said, That testosterone is really working for you. And they said, Oh, yeah, the testosterone. Yeah, I ran out of that a couple of months ago. I seem to be doing fine. And then we check, the, we check their levels. And, you know, with 25 pounds less body weight, that's less of a drag on your body. And the testosterone that they produce, which is a finite amount, has 25 plus pounds uh to dissipate itself into right so you know yeah well i've
1: i've um yeah some something i've learned and and correct me if i'm wrong please that um you know the, the chronically elevated insulin in men it can lower testosterone, while in effect. women, it raises it. Right. So yeah. then in women, the, the PCOS mm-hmm. is, you know, they'll have elevated t- testosterone in the presence of high insulin. So it, it's fascinating to me that it just has opposite effects in men and women.
0: Yeah, that's very true. But, uh, you know, the this, this, this same amount of uh, the small amount of testosterone that the women make, much lower than what men should have, uh, seems to have an adverse effect on them in in Pcos and uh, you know and we know that uh, diet actually can lower the testosterone in women. it's interesting it lowers the testosterone right. in women and you know, you know I think that's an interesting observation is that it is sort of paradoxical effects in you know according to your sex All right, it's a good point at which to pause uh, Amy because we're going to divide our podcast into two parts as we usually do and in part two we'll talk more about uh, some of the uh, practical uh, obstacles to success in undertaking a low-carb diet. The book is End Your Carb Confusion. Uh, Amy Berger is the co-author. Got to go back a couple of weeks and listen to the excellent interview with, with uh, her co-author, Dr. Eric Westman. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.